So tonight we're going to dive into Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, we'll start in verse 10 tonight, and, and Paul is going to encourage us a couple of different times to put on the full armor of God. But, but before we get to that full armor of God, we want to see why. And so tonight, Paul's going to remind us of the struggle that it is to live our Christian lives. And yes, the struggle is real. Now, if it made you groan a little bit, I understand, because that's one of those sayings that we're probably tired of, got used and used and used, and nobody wants to hear it anymore. So that's your assignment for the first, oh, 45 seconds to a minute tonight. I want you to talk to somebody close to you and come up with a phrase or two that if you never heard it again, that would be just fine with you. Something that, that people like to say that, that you hear all the time that you would say, you know what, I'm just, just fine if that never gets said again. Go ahead, I'll give you about 45 seconds to a minute to talk to people near you. All right, I'm guessing you probably have one or two or a few that, I, that you're ready to share with me. Uh, let me start over in this section over here. Do you guys come up, did you come up with something that talked to each other about, said, yep, that's a phrase I don't want to hear anymore? Anyone? Go ahead, Emmy. Yes. It, yeah, in whatever era, right? Yeah, I, I think that's probably a pretty good one. Okay, Kyrie. Okay, all right. Donovan, you got one? Oh, sorry. Anybody in this section want to give us one that they came up with? Phrases that you wish people would say? Caleb. Tough for the program. Tough for the program, yep. Good for the program, right? Stuff like that, okay. Anybody over here have a good one? That's gas. All right. You guys are way ahead of me. I'm still in 2022 because I found a survey that... Lake Superior State University did. I don't know how many different universities throughout the United States and even into Canada, Australia, even some in Europe. They, they pulled what phrases they, people didn't want to hear anymore. Here are some that they came up with. Circling back. All right. Wait, what? That was at the top of the list, by the way. That was the one people didn't want to hear anymore, apparently. No worries was on the list. Uh, that being said was another one on the list. I'm asking for a friend. Some of these are pretty old. I don't know why they came out in 2022. Ghosting, that was one that was on, on the list that they had. So you, you know how it works though, right? We kind of wear phrases out like that when people say them over and over again. And I know I did that on purpose. I picked the idea of the struggle is real just maybe so you could roll your eyes and groan at the old guy that's standing up in front. But it's really what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6. Take a look with me at verses 10 to 12. Here's what it says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
I find this section of scripture interesting because we're getting toward the end of the book of Ephesians. It's six chapters long. And in that book, the Apostle Paul has laid out the fact that, that Jesus is true God who is our Savior from sin. And he's given us instructions for living our Christian lives. And now he's concluding that letter with these words about putting on the full armor of God. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That armor that protects and I think about this, and, and many others have thought about this as well. Maybe you have too. Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians while he was under house arrest in Rome. And as he describes in the letter to the Philippians, which was also written at that same time, he has made it clear to the whole palace guard that he's in chains for Jesus. And so we get this idea that, that there with Paul in the house was a Roman soldier who was assigned to him. Is it possible that as Paul describes these different pieces of the armor of God, that, that he's staring at a Roman soldier and comparing each piece of armor that that soldier is wearing to some sort of spiritual blessing that we have in Jesus? He doesn't tell us, but it certainly seems possible. And then we think about why Paul talks about putting on the full armor of God. And he says it so succinctly. We're in a battle. We're in difficulty. We're in a difficult situation because, as Paul says, we're fighting against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. He's talking about Satan, our adversary, the enemy of everything that's good. And he calls the devil's plans, his plot, schemes. I don't know too many times that the word scheme refers to something positive. We know about Ponzi schemes and pyramid schemes, right? And all kinds of different ways that, that people will try to trick and trip us up. And that's Satan. You see, what Paul wants us to know is our enemy, the enemy that we're up against. Can I take you to October 31st at my house every once in a while? I kind of like trick-or-treating day. I, I like seeing the different costumes that come when people come to the house and knock on the door and the children want candy. And it's not every year, but, but there have been enough times that I have seen a costume that looks just like what you see on the screen or something similar. The red suit, the pitchfork, the little tail coming out. And I'm not sure why people think it's cute to dress their kids up as Satan, but I've seen it. And here's what I think. This is a guess on my part, but I think Satan's laughing. I think he enjoys that. Because what it does is it reduces him to a cartoon character, something kind of cute and no big deal. And I think this is certainly true. Satan is often underestimated in our world today. His schemes work much better when people are unsuspecting, when they don't think it's that much of a big deal to worry about him and what he's trying to do. And that's why Paul begins this whole section as he gets us to the full armor of God with an understanding that our enemy is a schemer. He's a liar. And I think about that when I think about Satan because he has experience. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Satan has thousands of years' experience with sinful human nature. Tempting is his passion. It's his profession. 
And that's what he wants to do to you and me. And he has this uncanny ability to find our weak spots, to come to us right where we really struggle and make life difficult for us. If you go back to the Garden of Eden, we get to see how Satan operates pretty clearly in that garden. He operates in half-truths, contradicting God, creating seeds of doubt in Eve and Adam. And he hasn't changed. That's still his method today. He still wants to create doubt in your heart, in your mind. He wants us to think that God must be a liar because otherwise wouldn't better things be happening in our lives? No wonder Jesus called him the father of lies, a liar and the father of lies. That's what we're up against. Someone who's not flesh and blood, someone who lives in the demon world. Satan is a fallen angel, and as a fallen angel, he has powers that we simply can't even begin to comprehend. Even worse, Satan has one, one goal for you, one goal for me. What he wants is to create enough doubt and despair in us, or, or maybe the other side of the scale, create so much pride that makes us think we either aren't good enough for Jesus or we're too good for Jesus. You see, what Satan wants, his one goal is to take your faith from you and steal you from God. Are we hopeless? That's why Paul writes these words. He wants you to see that there is hope. And the hope isn't found in us. The hope isn't found in people who can't match up to the struggle that we face because it's the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. No, we're not without hope because Jesus has given us something greater than Satan, the full armor of God. That's the joy that you and I have. Jesus is more powerful than Satan. And it's really not even close. If we could put the power of God, the power of Jesus, and the power of Satan on a scale, Jesus would so far outweigh Satan that it wouldn't even be worthy of talking about. It doesn't change that Satan is going to come after us, but, but you and I don't have to worry about the protection that we have because it's found in Jesus. Remember back in that garden, after Adam and Eve fell into sin, God made a prophecy. He made a prophecy about the seed of the woman who would come into this world and crush Satan's head. Maybe you remember in Jesus' ministry when he was tempted out in the wilderness by Satan and he resisted every single one of Satan's temptations. Jesus did that for you and he did it for me. He lived the perfect life that we couldn't. The writer to the Hebrews says it this way, In Jesus we have one who is tempted in every way just as we are, yet he was without sin. And then Jesus went one step further. He ultimately crushed Satan's head when he proclaimed his victory from the cross. When he paid for the sins of every single person with these words, It is finished. In the next couple of weeks, as we talk a little bit more about the full armor of God, we're going to talk about the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, feet fitted with, from which comes the good news that comes from the gospel of peace and the sword of the Spirit. 
Do you see how every single one of those pieces of the armor of God is tied into Jesus, is connected to him? Are things that we have because of Jesus? And that's the victory that we have through our Savior. In his famous hymn, A Mighty Fortress, Martin Luther wrote this, He's judged, the deed is done, one little word can fell him. I've always wondered about what one little word Luther was thinking of when he wrote that. He doesn't tell us what it is, but in my mind, it's always been just five letters, Jesus. That's the little word that fells Satan every single time. Because our Savior is victorious and because he has given us the full armor of God, we will stand victorious forever. The writer to the Hebrews talks about it this way in Hebrews chapter 2. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too, that's Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. A couple of takeaways from our devotion tonight. Number one, we are wise to be alert to the devil's schemes and his desire to lead us from God. In his epistle, Peter wrote it this way, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It's good to know our enemy. But even better, it's good to know our friend. It's good to know our ally, the one who has already defeated Satan for us. We already have the victory through Jesus who crushed Satan by his death and resurrection. It's why the Apostle Paul could write this at the end of his letter to the Romans. The Lord will soon crush Satan under your feet. You see, the battles might continue, but the war is already won. And when Jesus comes again, we'll live with him forever in that victory that he has won. If you're a baseball fan, you might know that some of the padding that baseball players wear when they go up to bat is called body armor. It's called body armor because I guess if you stand in the batter's box and have a pitcher throw a pitch at you at 100 miles an hour, you can imagine that if it would hit flesh or hit something, that might hurt a little bit, do a little damage, leave some marks. And so that body armor makes sense. Well, the same is true with Satan. And the struggle that we have against him, it's a greater danger than a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. And yet we have the body armor. We have the protection that we need, everything that we need in the full armor of God that Jesus has given us by his death and his resurrection. And what that full armor of God means for you and me is that while we might struggle in this earth, a day is coming when we will be in the perfect joy of heaven where there will be no more struggles, but only joy forever. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the reminder today of the victory that we have in Jesus and also the enemy that, that stands against us. Remind us, Lord, that we need to be connected to you through your word, connected to that full armor that is all a part of the work of our Savior Jesus. Because that what, that's what allows us to take our stand against the devil's schemes. Protect us, watch over us, and guide us through the lives that you give us here until we reach the joy of heaven with you. We pray that you protect our students, watch over them and all of the things that they face in this life. 
Keep them mindful, Lord, of your sacrifice for them as we get to see it again this holy week. And ultimately, the victory that is ours, that is assured to us by the empty tomb of Jesus, which we'll celebrate again this Easter Sunday. Help us to cherish that victory, to see it always, Lord, as you guide us to our heavenly home. We pray all of this in our, in our Savior Jesus' name. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.